The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions to apply. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 284 is going out to Fiona Apple. Why? You have to get into the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash <laughs> Discord and the Fights channel because we talk about lots of interesting things in there. So this goes out to Fiona Apple. I'm sure she is a big fan of MMA and especially of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Obviously, if you're listening, you are a big fan of ours. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. I don't even think I introduced myself last podcast. There was so much chaos at my house, but that's who I am and that's who I shall remain. Um, we got another non-UFC event to break down for you today. UFC may go dark for a week, but we don't. But we always bring bring the goods to your ear holes. And we're doing it this episode uh, with Fury FC 73, which is going down on Sunday. So we got a we broke down a Friday card, PFL Challengers. That was two two podcasts ago. Last podcast, a Saturday card, LFA. And then today, a Sunday card. So we got you covered all weekend for your gambling needs. So um, I got to bring in the brains here who actually knows about these fighters and can give you winning picks. Uh, I think I know about two of them, actually, but it, he knows about all of them. It's the one and only Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I'm intrigued on how. You, oh, you definitely know about two of them. You really should. Um, yes. They and, used to be in the UFC. Two of them did. Uh yeah. One of them I know uh, for a different reason, and then one I know for a grappling reason. So I, I knew, actually, I, I knew five or six of these beforehand, but four I knew very well and barely had to do any any research on. Oh, wait a minute. Is it, I just realized, is are they brothers? They are. The yes, oh. yes. Two of the fights we're going to break down are the brothers. the Ivy brothers. The Ivy brothers. Sounds like they should be an R&B duo, but uh, instead they are scrapping fighters. So, all right, quickly, before... We jump into it. Uh, Newsflash: Henry Cejudo is fighting uh, Aljamain Sterling in April. Thoughts? Oh, that's really. That's, it's strongly rumored. And then uh, it who's still the, hasn't been. Who's used. the strong rumor from? Uh, no, it was it was from one of the one of the big sites like MMA Fighting or Bloody Elbow or something like that. Okay, I I almost trust that one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I, I'm half surprised, half not. I'm half surprised that uh, the. I'm not surprised the UFC gave it to Henry Cejudo. I'm a little bit surprised that they came to terms because if you remember the whole reason Henry Cejudo walked away was because he thought he was worth more to the UFC than yeah. he, he was. So uh, my guess is he finally just relented and took whatever they were going to give him uh, so that he could have a title shot and hopefully earn some value back. Cause, uh, do, is it is it just me or is like Henry Cejudo is not a dr- bigger draw Ooh. than anybody else Aljo no. was going to fight, right? Because like he no. was... If he's going to fight Cheeto or he's going to fight uh, Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Malley is massively more of a name yep. than Cejudo. And I would say Marlon Vera is probably as much of a name as is Cejudo at this point. So He hasn't he hasn't got bigger being away for three years. He, no. You know, he, he gets his name constantly in headlines for for. Yeah, what the hell is it with uh, – can I just ask you – this one chapped me earlier today. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking at one of those bigger websites, what is it with those bigger websites that just turn a headline out of like yep. 
any old retired fighter or any like big mouth who is just going to be yeah. like, here's my thought on something I have nothing to do with. Cause I saw yep. a headline today. I won't name the site cause they shouldn't get any publicity for it. That said Shale Sonnen gives thoughts Ugh. on Shale Sonnen gives thoughts on uh, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury's offer. And I was like, who gives two shits what Shale Sonnen's opinion about is worth boxing? nothing. Well, and that and about boxing. Like, and it's a lie most of the time too. He's yeah, working yeah. all the time. He's he's working yeah. all kinds of angles. Yeah. He's he's knows nothing about boxing. He proved <laughs> he knows nothing about boxing. He hasn't fought in a hundred years. Most of these people yeah. wouldn't know who Shale Sonnen is if you just keep kept didn't keep like pumping out headlines that made him sound important. Yep. Like why is why is that news? Shale Sonnen's opinion on a boxing match that isn't set to happen. <laughs> yep, you won't see any of that on my MMA site, moneymma.substack.com. How's that for a a good, plug? And, and good, you probably won't see any of it on sportsgamblingpodcast.com either, because why would we cover something uh, about Joe Sonnen, right? We wouldn't. Yeah, no, I I definitely won't be writing about any of that kind of stuff anytime yeah. soon. All right, I'm I'm going to scroll to the WinBet ad, even though I, I should have it memorized by now, and then we'll tell you about WinBet, and then we will get you winning picks, or Dan will get you winning picks. Uh, I'll get you info. Um, all right, WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, the NFL playoffs are here. Sorry, Dan, about your, your luck there. Um, uh, it's okay. <laughs> Great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot probably of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Fury FC. We have covered this at least once before, maybe multiple times. Um, where are they located out of normally? Uh, Fury FC is usually, I mean, like they do a lot of Southern events. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I think it's mostly just like a Texas-based promotion, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this one's taking place in San Antonio, Texas, in the Cal at the Cowboys Dance Hall, a Fury FC 73. <laughs> Ivy Wait, that's Susanna, the name. That's the Cowboys name of the Dance Hall. Yeah, <laughs> that is the name of the episode now too. Unless someone else says something funny, Cowboys Dance Hall is such a uh, Texas name. I'll have to ask. I don't. Moon F's not uh, in Houston though. Sadly, I could ask uh, the machine if he's ever been to Cowboys Dance Hall. But anyhow, you should go there this Sunday. Fury FC is running their event there Sunday. 5.30 p.m. Eastern. It is on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, the main card, prelims on YouTube. So did you see how many fights are on this card, Dan? Yeah, 25? <laughs> 25 fights. What the? Oh, they're mostly I mean, like, amateurs, but still, wow. Well, and, and let me, for, for anybody who's curious, too, let me explain to you why this happens on a, a regional card like this. So for a promoter to make money, you got to remember they got to sell out as much of the event as possible because while they're yep. getting a cut from Fight Pass, they don't get a huge cut for fight pass. So the easiest way to sell tickets to it is remember that every single fighter has got three or four friends and a family members who want to come watch them. And if you put 25 fights on, you just certainly can't, even at modest regional level pay, you can't pay 50 fighters to fight on a fight card. But if, you know, 20 of those fights are amateur fights, you now have 40 fighters who are going to invite their family and going to invite their friends and buy tickets and hopefully sell out your arena. And you're not going to have to pay them a dime. Sometimes they give them a short, small share of like the ticket sales, but like 
that's where a lot of these regional promotions help keep themselves afloat is the Ami fights. Very, very true. So there you go for those um, potential fight promoters out there. That's the way you do it. Um, all right. We we're going to tell you about this card, starting with lightweights Cody Steele versus Sam Kilmer. Three five-minute rounds, 155 pounds. Kilmer, four and two, two knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. Two and two in Fury FC. However, he has lost two straight fights. Used to fight at featherweight. He's six years younger than Steele, plus 250. Steele, two and zero oh with one submission, two and zero oh in Fury FC. He used to fight at welterweight. This is the guy I was speaking of yesterday who is an ex- as extensive grappling experience. I'm sure Dan can shed more light on that. Minus 325. Yeah, he he is a grappler. Uh, I mean, we talked two episodes ago uh, about Hulk Barboza. He's not Hulk Barboza, but he's like, you know, he, he grapples a lot and he's been in some very high level stuff. He, I think he finished third or fourth at uh, Abu Dhabi trials recently. He beat PJ Barsh. That means anything to people, you know, he beat Phil Rowe in a recent um, UFC's Phil Rowe in a recent grappling competition. Yeah, I know that so, guy. Yeah. So he's legit. Uh, he, he wrestled RoboCop, I think last year in the fight pass invitational, who is an 85er, despite the fact that, that Cody Steele's only a 55er. Uh, and and he lost a decision, but he had his like moments in that that match too. So this is a dude who's a really high level grappler who's making the transition to MMA and doing so the right way. Uh, Fury seems to be bringing him up slowly and with the right opponents. Sam Kilmer is one of those right opponents. Sam Kilmer is a guy who likes to grapple, uh, who's got good jujitsu. He just doesn't have like world class kind of jujitsu like Cody Steele does or world class competition like Cody Steele does. And in addition to that, in Kilmer's last fight. He came out of the gate really hard, backpacked the dude for the whole first round, and then in the second round was so exhausted from having done that, he looked like crap and wound up losing the last two rounds and losing the fight. So I think, you know, the fact that sustained grappling tires this dude out and he's going to be fighting Cody Steele, that's a nightmare for this dude. So, yeah, give me Cody Steele all day. And even, you know, like it's going to be an inflated number. What what did you officially say you had him at? Um, minus 325. Yeah, that's what I had too. So negative uh, 325, big number, but probably somebody you can throw in a parlay and feel pretty good about it. Throw it in a parlay. All right. Um, we're going to interrupt with another UFC thing. Uh, I've got odds for Sterling Cejudo. What do you think they are? It, what what should it be or what did they post it at? Which one am I guessing? Go ahead. Um, Just pick. What, uh, what, what, it, what, do you, what do you think it, it is on the board? What, what do I think it is? I think uh, Henry Cejudo uh, plus 140. Uh, it, it opened plus 130. He's gone to plus 100. So people are liking him. Are liking Henry Cejudo in that fight? Yeah, apparently. He's gone from plus 130 to plus 100 in just a few minutes, well, I think. Well, so, just go. like uh, j- just like I said um, a few episodes ago about letting numbers go for a little while. Yeah. Let that let that one go. Let him and Surreal yes. Gain go for a little while. Uh, exactly. And see what happens. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the first of the Ivy brothers, the one you may know from the UFC, Anthony Ivy versus Austin Jones. Flyweight. So a flyweight. What am I saying? He'd have to cut off some legs for that. This would be welterweight. Uh, five minute, three five-minute rounds. Um, I'll tell you about Jones first. Osmosis Jones. 12 and 8, four knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. Two and two in Fury FC. He's won four of his last six fights. He did lose via knockout his last fight, though. He's got an inch reach on Ivy, minus 120. Aquaman, Aquaman, Ivy. So Aquaman versus Osmosis. That does sound like a, a comic book battle here. Uh, Ivy, eight and seven, five knockouts, three submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents, all of his wins. 
He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times. So by my math, it means he's gone to the decision once. Four and four in Fury FC. He was their champion before he signed with the UFC. Uh, he's on a five-fight losing streak. He's not <laughs> one of a... You think that's funny, do you? It's not nice. He's not won a fight since September of 2019. He went 0-2 in Bellator. Uh, sorry, 0-2 in UFC and 0-1 in Bellator. Was a regional champion uh, on top of being the Fury champion. Uh, so you could say he has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yes, former lightweight fighter, five inches taller than Jones, despite having an uh, inch less of reach than Jones, minus 110. So it's basically a pick him on the board. Yeah, and part of the reason I was laughing there that he's lost five in a row is uh, I think it's driving this price to being close to even because it's not often that you get a former UFC fighter at – Technically, it's a slight dog, right? Negative 110 to negative 120. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so so it's not often you get a former UFC fighter uh, on a uh, against a dude who's 12 and 8 as a slight underdog. Um, but I'm actually digging Anthony Ivey in this situation. I don't like that he's lost five in a row. And if you look at him since those five in a row, too, I think the losses piling up are starting to um, erode some of his skill and some of his confidence in the cage. Like, he has started to look more lost on the feet than he ever did. Cause he, he was never, you know, he's always been grapple first, strike second, but now that he's lost a bunch of times on the feet and been knocked out once or twice, like it, it's starting to look like he's even more desperate for the, that takedown and even less willing to engage. He gets backed up really easily. He circles a ton, but the thing is, is once he gets it down, he's still so crafty there. Even in his last loss, he got take well. He shot a really bad takedown. Wound up on the on his back, getting punched in the head. He pulled a heel hook out of nowhere. It was deep, and when he didn't get it, he used it to sweep and finish round one on top against a pretty damn good opponent. So uh, Ivy is still like a scary grappler when you wind up on the mat with him, even if it seems like his striking skills are getting worse. Now with Austin Jones, the bonus here is. He's kind of flailing on the feet too. He he doesn't look real comfortable when he's striking. He seems like his initial thought is to shoot a takedown right away, no matter what. Um, in his last fight, he wound up shooting a takedown like no time in. So I think he thinks in this situation that he might be a slightly better grappler than Ivy. And I'm gonna say I think he's wrong in that. But even if he doesn't and he thinks he needs to strike, I don't think he's dangerous enough to get Ivy out of there. I think he's the type of guy who might like be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, we're about 50, 50 on the mat. So I'll just keep it on the feet. And then I think he'll wind up getting taken down because of that. And if he winds up underneath Anthony Ivy at any point in time in this fight, I think he's in trouble. I think Ivy will transition to the back and finish him here. All right, there you go. You're getting some, you former UFC fighter um, at a, a nice rate for you. Uh, hopefully you can grab it before all the smart people uh, drive the number in the wrong direction. All right, we're going to, Go back-to-back flyweight fights here. Eddie Ferreira, not Ferreira. It's F-R-A-I-R-E versus Josh Walker. So uh, Eddie is not one of the Pitbull brothers, uh, sadly. Um, he is Freyer, is or it's a Freyer. Freyer? Do you know how to say his I name? I think it's Fryer. Fryer, and then he should spell it differently. Oh, these people. I mean, it's Fryer with an E. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I guess you're correct. Yes. Uh, Fryer with an E is four and two with three knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. Four and one in Fury FC. He's won three straight fights. Last one via TKO plus 126, despite this nice run he's on. Walker, six and one. He's never finished a fight. He's been subbed in his one loss. Uh, two and one in Fury FC. He's won two straight fights. He used to fight 
up at Bannerweight. He is the, also a pro grappler. Five inches taller than Frere with the knee, minus well, 156. Yeah, he's five inches taller and he's only 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Frere with the knee is... Uh, when I saw him, like, wow, this guy's got to be like, if he's, if this guy's a flyweight, he's got to be like uh, five foot nothing because he's uh, jacked. And yeah, he he's, a, he's five foot three. Yeah, he's he's a fire hydrant, like a hundred percent. Just Correct. like, and and he fights like a fire hydrant with arms. He just like wings big power shots all the time. His hands are low constantly because he's just loading up on hitting something huge. Although he does have um for a guy who I just described as a fire hydrant. He is kind of nimble. I, I'm pretty sure, and I, I have no basis for this other than watching a couple of his fights. He's got to have some kind of Taekwondo background because he loves like the jumping sidekicks and stuff like that. So physically strong. And he's got decent wrestling defense, mostly just by being physically strong. But I'll say this, after wrestling and playing defense for a whole round, like if somebody shoots a takedown on him and pushes him against the cage and makes him work, he's tired. Uh, I know why. I, yeah. Is it the old Joe Rogan uh, theory that, that yes. they, muscles make you tired guys, dude. I, so I know that that's like a trope. <laughs> that's like, off. it's, it's such a stupid trope to beat on because we've seen plenty of big muscly guys who that's not true about, <laughs> but also it fits so well in this fight, right? Like, Sadly, yes, like right? you could put Joe Rogan in this fight and he would look like the biggest genius because it's like, it's true of Frere. So, um, when he has to defend wrestling, all of that like fun, jumpy Taekwondo energy, just gone. He's not the same fighter anymore. And the thing about Josh Walker is, is like, this is such a weird fight because Josh Walker, the way he goes into striking exchanges looks like he's going to eat one of those sidekicks to the face. It looks like Freyer is just going to like leap in one time and just starch him and the fight's going to be over. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't land that first strike, Josh Walker is a very strong wrestler. Like, I really like the way that he looks in, in his wrestling. And in addition to that, I actually like the way he looks in jujitsu even more. Like, his his smart positioning and making sure people can't get up is really excellent on the ground. I wish some of that, like, smart positioning transitioned to defense when he's on the feet, too, which it doesn't. But, like, I think as long as he survives the first 30 seconds this is Josh Walker's fight to lose. He's just going to tire him out, probably win in the wrestling department. And, you know, he might start to get the better of the striking too once he's tired him out a little bit. But I would say let's pray Josh Walker survives 30 seconds. And if he does, he'll win this fight. Hopefully the fire hydrant does not go off and drown him, right? Ah, hey. He stays. Hey. All right. Come in, event. <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep moving. Uh, flyweights, come in, event. Eric Shelton. The other name I know versus Yanni Vasquez. I, uh, I know a Yanni, uh, different, different Yanni though. Uh, <laughs> the one I know. Uh, Vasquez Kryptonita, which is kryptonite. So uh, he is eight and four, two, no two knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted one time, uh, two and zero oh in Fury FC. He's won three straight fights in five oh six. He's not lost a fight since September of twenty twenty. He's fought all over the place. He's fought up at bantamweight, up at featherweight, and up at lightweight. Three years younger than Shelton, an inch taller, plus 200. Eric, Showtime Shelton, 15 and 8. Three knockouts, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. Very impressive. One and one in Fury FC. He's gone two and two over his last four, uh, including losing his last fight. He went two and four in the UFC. Two and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Was a regional champ. Used to fight up at Bantamweight, minus 260. So I'm actually going to go dog here. 
uh, believe it or not. Don't act like that's surprising. You always go dog. I mean, I usually find one that I really like here. This one is surprising to me, though, and here's why. I really liked Eric Shelton when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Of course uh, you did, Ultimate Fighter. I, yeah, well, but not just that he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Like, I liked him on the Ultimate Fighter. Like, I thought he was good, and he was going to do big things, and, and he had a lot of promise. But since then, I don't know. I've kind of faded on him. He got really into boxing for a little while. Like, he was going to do some boxing stuff. And, and, like, what he does best is wrestle. So he's kind of gotten away from that. And it, it sort of showed in his last fight, too, where it looked like, you know, he was like, oh, let me show off all the cool boxing stuff I do. And then he got beat. Um, he lost to one Camilo Ronderos uh, a couple of years ago who you might remember is the guy who got suspended for cocaine use in the UFC. <laughs> like that guy's beating him. So like, I, I don't know. There's, there's some things I like about Eric Shelton. There's things, some things I don't. The, the biggest one is that like, while he has a wrestling advantage, he doesn't use it very often. And when he is on the feet, his game isn't really nuanced on the feet. He likes the same like couple of hook combos and it, it doesn't seem to matter too much because people just start to avoid him after the second time he throws them. And with Vasquez, I really like the fact that he's going to have a big advantage here. I really like that he throws lots of kicks because I think if if um, Shelton falls in love with that boxing, he just pieces up the front legs and slows him way down. I also like that in his last fight, Vasquez actually got taken down a couple of times by Adam Antolian, who was on that same season of The Ultimate Fighter as Eric Shelton. And while it's it's somewhat problematic that he got taken down and you would worry that Shelton would do the same thing, what I loved about it was how quick he was to get back up. He's great with his hips. He's really good at pushing the head away. All of those types of things get Vasquez back to his feet, which is where I think he's better than Shelton. So even if Shelton does go to that wrestling game, I think Vasquez is going to get up quick enough. I think Shelton will get deterred with that, start to throw hands. And I think Vasquez is going to win there. So I, I like the big dog money here on Vasquez. I think people are probably uh, betting the UFC name a little bit too much here with Shelton. There you go. Plus 200 for y'all. So get on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. As we move to the main event, it will be featherweights. Dimitri Ivy, the other Ivy brought the brother younger, older. Do you know? Uh, Dimitri is younger, I believe, younger than Aquaman. Okay. And he's uh, fighting Andres Quintana. And like I said, this is a featherweight fight, three five-minute rounds. Quintana, the bullet, 19-5, 11 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice. One and two in Fury FC. He's lost two straight fights and only won one of his last four. Was a regional champ. 0-1 the Ultimate Fighter. 1-0 in Bellator. 2011 Pro MMA debut. A year younger than Ivy. Three inches taller, plus 110. Poison Ivy. 11-6. Three knockouts. Six submissions. Been knocked out one time. Submitted four times. 5-2 uh, and two in Fury FC. He's won two straight fights and three or four. Was a regional champ. 2010 Pro MMA debut. He's a pro kickboxer inch of reach on Quintana minus 140. So uh, I just put the intern on it. I was incorrect. He is not the older brother. They are twins. Oh, um, yeah, they, okay. are the, they are the exact same age. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on my Ivy brothers uh, on this fight card. I'm going to take uh, Dimitri Ivy in the main event too. Um, the, the man, the, the thing about him is that he does like to go right to grappling. I think some of that is a product of being training with his brother so much. And his brother is so good there. Um, he doesn't always wind up in the best positions there. But the thing is, is I think he's got a big enough advantage 
against Andres Quintana, who is not very strong in the clinch, gets positions reversed on him a little bit. When he is get does get taken down, he gets stuck there. So while like I'm not super convinced Dimitri Ivy's best path to victory is grappling, I do think he's going to have an easy enough time with Quintana. Also, I will say he's just got a really great gas tank. I love the cardio out of Dimitri Ivy. And on the feet, nothing special, but he does like the fundamental shit, right? Like he he throws jabs, he throws a one-two, he gets himself out of range. He, he doesn't do anything flashy or special or the, his combos aren't extended, but like they're smart enough. And Quintana is quick and Quintana might be a little bit stronger of a striker in terms of, you know, the different things he does or how hard he hits. But uh, at the end of the day, I think because Ivy is so convinced that he is a good grappler, um, we're going to see him go to that a lot. And I think it's going to work for him here. All right. So Ivy is the pick. So we got main event Ivy. Then we got a big dog in Vasquez. And then we got Walker. Then we got the other Ivy brother as a small underdog. And then we got Steel. Does that sound right? That sounds right to me. And it's all going down at the Cowboys dance hall. Yeehaw. On Friday Cowboy. night, so Cowboy, sorry, Sunday Cowboys, night. Cowboys dance Sunday. Yep. It's afternoon too. It's an afternoon it's, card. If I'm yes, not mistaken, five thirty. Five thirty Eastern is when the for the main card. Uh, it doesn't really. Topology doesn't usually. Um, Topology says three thirty Eastern. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Maybe they changed it. Oh no! All right, oh, cool. No. Oh I'm yes, listening. it's changed. It was five thirty like twenty minutes ago when we started the episode. It is now three thirty Eastern. It's starting. Everyone, this there you is. Go. Uh, it's um, it's on the daytime moon, so. MMA, baby. There and, you go. Uh, according to the poster too that I just dug up, twelve thirty prelims. I don't know if Ooh. those prelims will wind up uh, on Fight Pass because there's a hundred and six of them. Uh, but like yep. you know, some prelims. <laughs> yep. And Gumby may have picks for you. You never know if you're in our Discord at sportsgumbypodcast.com/discord. Even if he doesn't have picks, there's always degenerates in there talking about stuff. So get in there. Uh, you can also hit us on Twitter. It would be SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account for us. He also is at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. Read my MMA Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Listen to Gumby's Top Turtle MMA podcast. This week you have on? Uh, this week I talked to Marcin Tybura, who is fighting yep. on that February 4th card against Blagoy Ivanov. And then I talked to Adam Fugit, who's fighting Yosaku Kinoshita. And you didn't say the forget about it joke to him. So I didn't. I, <laughs> Probably although, a smart move. Although I think uh I, I think uh his his Twitter handle, which it doesn't appear that he uses Twitter very much, but his yeah. Twitter handle is just Fugit. Oh <laughs> ruder than what I'm saying, but nonetheless, uh along the same lines. So top trend on May, listen to that and all their writing, all their podcasts, all their discounts, all their giveaways, all the good stuff at sports gambling podcast. Calm. We're going to be back on Sunday. Recap all how the pick. I guess we won't be recapping Fury because it'll probably be going on while we record. But anyhow, we'll recap what we can and look ahead to um, the week that is to come. Uh, UFC is back next week. Um, but until then, I'm going to let Gumby take us out of here. All right. I'm Dana Gumby Freeland. He's Aquaman Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Sunday.